Russian media citing sources say there were two assailants involved in the in, in, in an attempt on the life of a businessman in central Moscow. Both had medical masks on their faces, but only one of them opened fire against the 43-year-old entrepreneur near a business center, taking at least three shots. The incident happened near the Pavelitska metro station. Earlier today, the victim was badly injured in the abdomen and hand and was taken to hospital. Moscow City Hall has refused to sanction a march of the opposition on the 10th of February. One of the organizers, opposition figurehead Sergei Udaltsov, says a rally of up to 5,000 people failed to win authorization to take place in central Moscow from Pushkinsky Square to Akademika Sakharova Avenue. Two-thirds of Moscow's average monthly snowfall has hit the capital in the last 60-plus hours. The norm for January is 42 millimeters. Heavy snow, which began in Moscow on Monday, complicated traffic across the city and also affected the capital's airports, which saw dozens of flights delayed or cancelled. In the meantime, weather forecasters say things are going to cool down in Moscow by Thursday. On the first day of the final winter month, daytime temperatures are expected to be around negative 12 degrees Celsius, which is normal for early February, although forecasters predict positive temperatures and showers in Moscow at the weekend. And finally, the Court of Arbitration for Sport is to announce its decision over the 39 banned Russian athletes on Thursday. Earlier, 43 people were banned from attending any future Olympics by the IOC for alleged violation of anti-doping rules. 42 of them appealed their lifetime disqualifications. The cases of Olga Zaitseva, Olga Vilukhina and Yana Romanova are to be dealt with later as the three biathletes have already ended their professional careers. Rated 6 out of 10 on Moscow's roads, according to our interactive map. Driving time to Vnukova Airport from a city center is around 80 minutes and about an hour to get back into central Moscow. Driving time to Domadedva Airport is around 75 minutes each way and you'll spend about 90 minutes on your way to and from Shremetyeva. Weather. 15 degrees Celsius in Athens, 0 in Shanghai, 1 in Vancouver. Overcast skies, occasional snow showers, and up to minus 14 degrees Celsius are expected in Moscow tomorrow. That's about 6 Fahrenheit. That's all from me this hour. Dmitry Shulga in the studio. Bye for now. Capital FM, Moscow. The one and only English station in Moscow. Capital. Capital. With Alan Moore. Okay, before he leaves the studio, I just want to pick him up on one little thing. So, uh, tomorrow, the Court of Arbitration of Sport are going to decide on 39 of those athletes, correct? Yes, absolutely correct. Okay, now, I've been told from a source that, uh, well, a lawyer saying that two of them have a chance to be reinstated or at least have a chance to go to the Olympics. What do you reckon? My prediction? Yeah, your mm, prediction. Let's make a bet on it. I think none. None, okay. And so I'll that- be very glad if I'm wrong right now. Okay, me too, me too. Because you know, any names? Sorry, sorry for interrupting. Uh, I can't names? say, but no. there are two of them because I know that the uh, the uh, the Olympic athletes uh, were male, gathered. female, one male, one female. Yeah, one male, one female, um, and one I was told that like has a quite a good case. But then again, like cast, they you never know what they're going to do. That's it. Like that's that's the story of them. So, okay, well, we'll we'll know more about it tomorrow. So fingers crossed. Exactly, Dimitri. Fingers crossed. And thank you very much. We'll see you at the top of the next hour. Yep.
So, folks, we are ready to roll. So, welcome to Mainland Europe's number one English language radio sports show. I'm Alan Moore, and this is Capital Sports. We're coming live from the studios of Capital FM with the best news, views, reviews, previews, and interviews in the world of sports. And we have the wonderful, irrepressible, the brilliant, 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 our great colleague, Ollie Noy. She's back with us. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. You're making me blush. I'm you, ready to get easy. on with the job. I'm getting, to, I'm ready to get dive on, into the. Get, Okay. Dive into the world of sports. Oh, I like yes. that. Okay, just like diving into the snow outside. So, it is snowy heavily outside, but it's nice and toasty here in the studio. So, what have we got coming up? We have we have K.R. Reykjavik's uh, president, Christian Karnsad. He is on the way quite short, soon to tell us all about the Icelandic football revolution and their chances in the World Cup, of course, in June. Also, we have Tog Daylight. He is the editor of Russian Football News. He's going to preview... Denmark's chances. I won't go on about Denmark, but uh, we'll come to that later. We also have Keelan O'Connor, who is from ESPN, of course, uh, the world's leading sports channel, and uh, he's got a preview rugby Six Nations, which is kicking off this weekend. And in studio, we have the, the our, our Scottish buddy, our man from north of the border, who grew up south of the border, Mr. Andy McLean. Of course, he's the senior editor of the uh, well of the, that channel, Russia Today. Andy, how are you doing? Great to be back. Oh, I'm listening. I'm glad to have you back. Like we, we we prepared for this, and Ollie said, "Listen, I think we can understand this." So, what's your reckon, Ollie? That Scottish brogue. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> it is brilliant. Like we'll have ladies tuning in and the whole lot. We also have um, a very very good giveaway to give away. Uh, well, a very good prize to give away for our in our partnership with uh, Kate O'Shea's on Mokavaya. So we've got two thousand rubles to give away. That question will be coming up quite soon. Now, I'm never going to leave our listeners wanting. So, uh, what else is coming? Well, we have, of course, our prize. Uh, we'll announce that just before the, our first break. We have English football and the VR, VAR, which seems to drive most people mad last weekend. We have a look back in anger, shall we say, at tennis. So if anyone heard our tip last week, Roger Federer, he was 4-9 to nine on last Wednesday when Anchek Vadadze ticked him for the title. What do you reckon, Andy? What are those in weird odds? Four Fine to nine weird on. odds. Okay, very in the short Russian, odds. Very short odds. So what is that, 1.5, 1.45? I don't do decimals. <laughs> I know it's it's something very very strange. But you would have if you put nine nine on, you would have won you, thirteen. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. It's a bit of a, it's less than fifty percent return on your bet, bus. Especially with everyone falling apart with injuries. Exactly, and and Roger Federer at his age in his late fifties, and he's still playing so well. But we'll come back to that <laughs> later on. We won't we won't uh, come to it. So if you had stuck a wedge on, you'd be buying Austin this week, or well, you'd be buying Anna Chakvatadze dinner. Uh, we will have a look at the Winter Olympics and Paralympics, and we're going to start now with last weekend's FA Cup matches. And uh, Andy, so. Last week, let's forget West Ham's decision to disgrace the cup or Spurs, Spurs near missing uh, Newport or Alexis Sanchez's missed drugs test last week when he's moving teams and then his man of the match performance against the Oval uh, when United won 4-0 on Friday. And we're not even going to talk about Chelsea or Man City having a solid enough wins on Sunday. All the talk is about Liverpool, West Brom and the VAR system. So listen, just what happened at the Hortons last, Sunday, uh, last Saturday? Oh, it was the Craig show. Craig Dawson, Craig Pawson, Les Dawson. <laughs> um, yeah. Les Dawson, was a, he's, he's a now deceased uh, English funny man. So, okay, go ahead, Andy. Well, Steve McManaman, before the game, I think that was the most controversial thing. Forget the, the VAR, said that I hope most viewers would want an entertaining game. Um, okay, Steve, thank you for that one. Yeah, well, Steve um, is that like, you it, know. It, it was an entertaining game. We had West Brom's third goal chopped off, going back to the VAR. Was that fair? I was fair enough, actually, when you it look was. at it. I, I, so I, yeah, I two, two correct decisions, yeah. but I think it was the uh, the stoppages and the referee also pulling w an offside back um, 
in the second half that, that infuriated people. He was starting to use it too often. But yeah, two, two correct decisions. The thing that concerned me um, was the referee actually needed persuading. By the players. Um, by Mo Salah for that, for, for yeah. Liverpool's penalty, which Firmino ended up smacking off the bar after three minutes waiting for the referee to finally make the decision. Exactly. exactly. Um, the players seemed really confused with it. So I, I, I think it was um, uh, Robson Carnu that asked the referee to, to go back and review a challenge, which isn't... That's the, not part of it. Yeah. It's not part of it. Like he can't, um, like a, in theory, he should then be booked. But then if Salah then persuaded him, he should have been booked. But do you give a booking to a, a yellow card to somebody that's actually got... The, you know, appealed and the, the decision's been overturned and correct. Well, I mean, it is something, Annie, it's like, a, like if you look at it, say, in rugby, it's usually the referee goes upstairs and everything's seen on the screen. Now, in, yeah. in Anfield, they don't have a screen, Old Trafford as well. I don't know about Celtic Park, but like, you know, most, a lot of clubs do have the screens, like, say, in Lokomotiv have a screen. But if, if it takes so long and nobody knows what's happening, whereas in rugby, for example, it goes upstairs and you, and the referee is talking, you know, saying, can you play that one back, look back? And then it sort of increases the atmosphere because so if a guy's legs get taken out as he's going up for a high ball, uh, by the home team so the guy who's jumping is from the, the visitors or the away team uh, the whole place goes quiet people are going oh don't say a word please don't send our guy off because it's a dangerous challenge when it's the other way around each time it, it, the, the try is repeated the whole lot the, the home crowd roar in hope as well as everything else but football it's like kind of like the wild west everyone's shouting everyone's telling the referee what to do yeah it, it, it did get a bit out of hand and I think they obviously need to to, to, to get stricter with that yellow card punishment, if they are going to, if players are just going to turn to the referee for every small decision, it, it will get completely out of hand. So, should it be then put it back, uh, say, in the hands of the, like in American football, that the, there's two challenges for each uh, coach, like for the manager, so they can say, listen, sorry boys, I don't agree with that. Would that be a way to solve it? I think that could work. NFL or cricket style, where each team gets yeah a, a set number of challenges if they get one wrong then they lose one of those challenges. I think that could work, but you could end up with, if they keep getting it right, God knows how many stoppages. Well, I mean, that happens in American football when they're trying to slow a game down, for example. They'll just, like, call up and say, like, come on, you know, challenge that, even though they know there's not a challenge, but they're trying to give their defence a breather or something like that. So it could be played with. It, yeah, it certainly could be played with. Um, West Brom were saying that they, uh, the, the key for them was staying focused, especially waiting those three minutes for Liverpool to then be given the penalty. Their hopes get dashed... Then and ten minutes all, all together, I think, wasn't it? Extra yeah, time. yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's a lot of waiting for football. Which although is they didn't game. play that long, I don't think in the end. But that's, no, that, exactly. That, that's what it should have been. And that's what Klopp said. He said, like, uh, you know, it was cut short because of BT Sport. Yeah. Because they said that it wouldn't go. Whatever. Listen, we're okay. People listen, on the trains listen. home as well. Imagine uh, if you start playing fifteen minutes at his on every game. I mean, like injury time is bad enough. You know that. But like, anyway. Okay. Listen, we're going to go into something a little bit more positive or a little bit like a well cold or whatever I guess as well so uh, two years ago a whole lot of people caught a disease that first saw the floodlights in Motherwell in Scotland uh, Andy's uh, Rodina his home place uh, but this summer there's going to be a few more or more than a few getting a dose of the Viking Thunderclap so to discuss this and the legendary K.R. Reykjavik we have club president Christian Carlson on the phone all the way from Iceland Christian how are you doing? I'm fairly good thank you sir that is good. Listen, Christian, thank you so much for your time and coming on to us. Um, how's the weather? Are you you're, you're home in Reykjavik? Yes, uh, I'm in the, in the city centre and uh, we have snow here uh, at the moment and minus uh, three or four degrees. Oh, lovely. That's balmy. That's like positively good for us. We, we, we trudged our way in the snow here to work today. So, I mean, it was, it's tough here in Moscow. Um, Christian, to kick off, uh, 
Okay, your club are the most successful football team in Iceland. 26 league titles, 14 cups, 7 league cups and 5 super cups and of course 4 league cup doubles. Listen, tell us a little bit about KR. Yeah, well, we, we are the oldest club in, uh, in Iceland, uh, founded 1899. We'll be celebrating 120 years next year and uh, went uh, actually through a dry spell. Uh, no league title for 31 years until we won the double 99 and uh, been doing pretty okay since then so uh, we we have definitely uh, the club that uh, all the others don't like so uh, so we 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 have we are KRK and, and uh, we are proud of that that's, listen, that, that is Christ. Well, listen, I, I was at the nil-nil draw back in 2004 in Tolka Park uh, when you were knocked out of the Champions League by Shelburne FC. Now, I was there working with Hyduk at the time. Now, Shells did go on to beat Hyduk and then came very, very close to beating Deportivo de La Coruña to make the group stage of the Champions League. Now, given you only lost in away goals in that game and twice since you've been in the third round of the Europa League, how close to a group stage breakthrough are KR or another Icelandic club who are jealous of you guys? Well, you know, I remember this uh, quite well because I was at Tokyo Park myself and uh, and uh, we played the first game at home uh, where we made uh, 2-2 draw and uh, at that time our coach, he was not fielding our strongest team. With no disrespect to Shelburne, but uh, we gave them a good run, obviously, back in Ireland and unfortunately they, they went through. And uh, yes, you're, you're correct, they, they beat Heidelberg Split. I think they beat them 3-0 in the away game and, and uh, then they got Deportivo were quite strong at that moment. So I, th- I think it's it's close. Uh, it will happen one day. Hopefully, uh, sooner or later, and hopefully it's going to be uh, us that are going to be there uh, in the group stages. But uh, to be maybe realistic, uh, I think it will be probably more likely it will happen in the Europa League in, in, instead of the, the Champions League. That makes sense. makes sense. I have a question as well. A little throwback into 2016 when Iceland were the stars of Euro 2016. They finished first in the rally through World Cup qualifying group and how are you guys going to get in Russia this summer? Well, I think it's going to be, it's going to be really, really tough to be quite honest. You know, we are in a, we are in a obviously strong group. Uh, once again, we meet uh, Croatia uh, and uh, obviously Argentina are going to be the favourites in the group and, uh, and we have not been playing against for example teams from Africa you know you never know what you're going to get from uh, Nigeria but uh, I think it's going to be a little bit different to to uh, what was happening in France where, where the whole nation uh, was there for the first time and uh, we had plenty of fans there uh, it was really really nice uh, I do fancy that we have a chance I think that's the uh, but the great thing about uh, football is that the minnows, uh, minnows, they can they can do a lot of things, you know. And uh, and uh, but it's going to be it's going to be tough for sure. Yes, uh, Andy's here in the studio. He has a question about uh, players and visas and so on for 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 playing there. So sorry, uh, Andy, jump in. Hi, Kristen. Um, Hi. In Iceland, you have a handful of Scottish players and lots of Danish players. Um, I think the most high-profile Scottish player is uh, Stevie Lennon, who I think may have been at your club once, or was it Fram Reykjavik? Oh, I can't he remember. Was, he was uh, close, close by us. He was at uh, another team called Fram, but uh, you know uh, we were in negotiation with him. Uh, you know, uh, but he then went to to uh, Norway. So, uh, 
professional. But we know, I know it's better. What's the uh, what, what's the attraction for for these players to come come and ply their trade in in Iceland? Is is, is this is it used as a stepping stone to to build their career or? Is it something completely different? Do, do these players stay around for much longer for their whole careers? Yeah, well, they do tend to do so. That uh, they, they, they seem to settle down. I think that you know the environment here is is good for them. You know, it's a it's a definitely a friendly country, and uh, and many of them, like I said, they have settled down and, and are uh, living with uh, Icelandic ladies right now. And uh, and uh, yes, it's uh, in 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 a in a case. I think it's a step for them uh, to move out of uh, maybe wheelchair football uh, and play the trade here in Iceland and. Uh, Many of them have then been signed up uh, to maybe bigger, bigger leagues than, than the Icelandic one. That, that uh, sounds good. Listen, we're, 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 we're almost out of time, uh, Kristen. So just finally, we have to ask, just if you can quickly tell us in 30 seconds, how has Iceland become so good at football? Like what, what, what were the big changes that you guys did to improve? Uh, it wasn't overnight. It was a long process. But what, what did Iceland put in place to make such great improvements to qualify for two international tournaments in a row? I think I think uh, we have a pretty good youth setup in all the clubs in Iceland with uh, very educated players. We have a great uh, spirit of volunteers uh, pushing us uh, through. Uh, so, so in the roots, we are quite good. Uh, indoor halls are pre- probably playing a big part of it because you know our season is only from May till uh, end of September. So we have the longest pre-season in the world. Without a doubt, and uh, no no major uh, or important games uh, between uh, October and and uh, April. Uh, but team spirit and probably the great work ethics uh, of uh, of uh, our players is is playing a big part and and very clever coaches. Listen, thank you so much, Kristen, and the very best luck to KR this year. I hope you guys are back on top very very soon. And of course, we'll see you in Russia this summer, Kristen. Thank you very very much. You can count them. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to go to a song. We're going to tell you our uh, quiz question very quickly. It's the Six Nations question. So who won last year's championship? Was it England, Italy or Ireland? England, Italy or Ireland? Who won? The song we're going to go to is Hall of Fame by the script uh, with Will I Am. It's used everywhere in sports. The NFL use it. TV shows use it. Boxers use it. I even saw a guy from a chewing gum company here in Russia using it for him walking on the stage to do a presentation. This is Hall of Fame and the script. With Alan Moore. Yeah, you can be the greatest, you can be the best. You can be the King Kong hanging on your chest. You can beat the world, you can beat the war. You can talk the guy, go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock. You can move a mountain, you can break rocks. You can be a master, don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you can find yourself. You can run the mile You can walk straight through hell with a smile You could be the hero You could get the gold 
taking over, making sleep on never could be broke. Yeah, do it for your people, do it for your pride. You ain't never gonna know if you never even try. Do it for your country, do it for your name. Cause there's gonna be a day when you're are back live and loud coming from the studios of Capital FM here in snowy beautiful Moscow I'm here with Ollie Knight Ollie you're still Thank okay you. yes I'm here I'm and wonderful brilliant as always you're wonderful <laughs> and course. blushed even when you said that that's it is good Andrew McLean you're still okay still here okay good you've now man. got the best beard in the room <laughs> <laughs> yeah since, since Eli left I, I, I feel a bit more manly I don't know I can't say that like you know, more. oh there we go again <laughs> <Come on. laughs> All right, let's move on very quickly. That quiz question again. We already have some correct answers. It's not me, Barry. Uh, but anyway, uh, the quiz question again is, who won last year's Six Nations Rugby? Was it England, Italy or Ireland? That's for a 2,000 ruble voucher to Kato Shays of Mokovaya, courtesy of Kato Shays of Mokovaya and Capital FM. So uh, we're moving on. Of course, I'm oh, sorry, it's plus 795 And you can get us on Viber as well. So we're going to start off off with another bit of football but Premier League in England this time uh, sorry Andy no Scottish football uh, last night there were three matches in the Premier League some big clubs and Liverpool were in action as well uh, Wenger out became a hashtag once more in Twitter after the Gunners were shot down by the strugglers Swansea City losing 3-1 was bad enough but the way they lost was just sick and just look at Swansea City goal Arsenal and just look it up on YouTube it was an embarrassment anyway um, no, it was terrible 
Liverpool did a solid 3-0 win at Huddersfield Town, while Crystal Palace, they held West Ham 1-1 in a pretty deserving draw. Liverpool, they're closing in on Man United in second place. They are fourth, just three points back, and level with Spurs, who are third. Swansea's win lifted them off the bottom for now, but if it's a one-horse race at the top, it's a very tight bottom. Only eight points separate Everton in ninth and West Brom in 20th. Tonight, there's some biggies. We have Everton Leicester, Chelsea Bournemouth, Newcastle Burnley and a South Coast Derby between Southampton and Brighton. They're all kicking off at 10.45. And in the main events, Man City versus West Brom, Stoke and Was- Wat- Wat- Watsford, Watsford, Watford. And the big one, of course, Man U and Spurs. They're all kicking off at 11 o'clock tonight. Spurs, of course, they have to play Liverpool on Saturday, so they need to win to sort of keep the noses in front. But just for tonight, Andy, what do you reckon? Uh, is it going to be Man City all the way to May? I can't see anything else at the moment. Yeah, they're, they're, they're too good. I just think that the, the pack going in behind them, as you say, this fic, the January is obviously key. Uh, Liverpool, Spurs, Man U all playing each other, dropping points, and with the Champions League kicking off again in the, in the coming weeks, I, I think it will be too difficult. They just won't, they, they, they'll they all start like losing games and dropping points all around them. Man City have a big enough squad, bar perhaps Aguero with uh, Jesus out, but they've obviously attempted to give Sterling that role recently and it seems to have worked. Yeah, so I think, as you said, they, they can be fighting on all fronts and keep going because they have the League Cup final as well coming up for Pep Guardiola and I'm sure Pep will have the boys pepped up and given their proper supplements and nutrition as Pep knows all too well from his days in Italy. Uh, listen, are Liverpool, are they a busted flush? I, especially speaking about the, uh, you'll, you'll never, never walk alone. Yeah, I know, never. Yeah. I know, I got the joke. <laughs> it's just not funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the, the biggest concern for me was conceding three goals in 45 minutes against West Brom, having just spent 75 million on a centre-back. I know. Um, they throw in Big Robson Carnu, and um, it doesn't matter how much you spend there. Um they're struggling, I think, now. They've, they've been kind of found out that if teams if teams attack... I, I mean, West Brom barely had, I think it was le- less than 30% possession in that game, and yet they utilised it so well. Um, teams know they're, they're weak. They, they, they have yeah. a weak point at the back, and because they're so attacking, yeah. It, it's going to be difficult. I, listen, I think they'll okay. struggle. Uh, when you were here before with us uh, the last time, you were saying that like, you know, Wenger, if he leaves, and we did comment on it the next week then, that if Wenger leaves, he will leave the team in a weaker state than when he got it. Now, Mkhitaryan was sitting on the bench last night, so he went from the bench in United to the bench in Arsenal. Um, is it time now for Arsenal to bite the bullet and get rid of him? It's getting closer and closer. I, I, I think. Uh, Why is he in the job then? What, like, what's keeping him there? Every single window, they seem to have the same list of players that they're going to target: goalkeeper, centre back, midfielder, striker, and they end up with a striker every time, and it seems to be the wrong one. I mean, uh, they were obviously very close to signing Aubameyang last window. Mm-hmm. Opted for Lacazette. Perhaps they've now realised their mistake. Yeah, and I mean, listen. Talk about transfer windows closing tonight at midnight in in, uh, in England. Of course, in Russia, the usual kind of nonsense is going on. We've discussed this before, might about uh, Fyodor Smolov from Krasnodar. So now West Ham have, uh, had supposedly made a bid for him, but they never made a bid for him. Now they said they they make a bid for him, but they want them uh, on loan instead of for twelve million pounds or fifteen million euros. Uh, today, this kind of like nonsense news broke out about Quincy Promise that he was in a, he was a training ground bust up. Uh, with Spartak and now wants to leave because of some racial epithet so a racist kind of like taunt that was made to him by a fellow player which you know seems to be getting worse and worse and worse so he's supposed to go into Southampton is this believable I mean are, like 
are, are, are either of those two players good enough to, to break the Premier League? I think Quincy Promise would be good enough. He, he's young, he's very pacey, and yeah, I think he would go, he'd give Premier League fullbacks a, a torrid time. It's a strange move for him to go to Southampton, though. Especially I, that end of the table. Like, I mean, he was been tipped to go to Liverpool not too long ago, but like, you know. Yeah, just at the end of last season, yeah. uh, Liverpool were reportedly scouting him. I, I think at this, especially in January, you see so many reports flying around online that um, yeah, you, you have to take every single one with a pinch of salt until somebody's travelling to a club for a medical. Yeah. I think you, uh, you yeah. And small, small of us then in Malaga with his Krasnodar team. So, okay. So, listen, uh, talk about warmer climbs. We're going right away now to my old stomping ground in sunny Malta to talk all things Danish football with the editor of Russian Football News and an all-round good Dane. Talk to you, How are you doing, Toki? Hey, I'm, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yes, and it's great to have you on. Great to, to hear you again. So, listen, talking about Denmark, you enjoyed a very good qualifying campaign and strange to think you're only taking part in your fifth ever World Cup. Given your great record in Europe and qualifying for seven of the last eight European championships, winning, of course, in 1992, should we regard the Danes as dark horses for a run at the World Cup title? Uh, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid not. I mean... The, the objective of the national team, the Danish national team, is to advance in the group stage. Anything uh, apart from that is, is definitely just a bonus. I mean, the best ever Danish result at a World Cup is uh, quarterfinal. So, if we reach a quarterfinal again, it would be a miracle. And I don't expect much more than that. I mean, the Danish team is good, but uh, we're nowhere near a team that can win the World Cup or even come close to winning the World Cup, unfortunately. Well, that's that. that that's okay. Listen, but you guys are you're unbeaten in nine matches in 2017 with five wins. So this is a team on the up with some real star power. So listen, tell us what player should we look out for in the summer? I think the most obvious choice, of course, is uh, Andreas Christensen from Chelsea. I mean, he's been he's been fantastic this season, beating uh, David Lewis in the starting lineup. It's a regular for Chelsea now. That's that's not something that usually happens for for Danish players to play regular at uh, such a big club. The other big star in the, in the squad, of course, is uh, Christian Eriksen from Tottenham. He has been, um, for many years, he underachieved on the national team. And, and we were looking at his performances for first Ajax and later Tottenham and, and dreamed about, oh, man, if just he could play like that on the national team. And now he's finally doing it. I mean, that's, in my opinion, the greatest achievement of our uh, head coach, Oga uh, Harald, the Norwegian coach. That is the fact that he, he now has quality playing up to his best. It's great. Yeah. It's, it is good, Toki. It is good. Sorry, Andy, Andy has a question across for you. Yeah, Toki, just going to jump in and ask you, what, what was the reaction to uh, Denmark drawing Ireland and Wales in the Nations League? Are you confident? I'm pretty confident. I mean, it could have been, it could have been much worse. The thing, <laughs> Denmark, and, and not only the general opinion of Denmark, is that, that Denmark are the favourites in this group and that we should win the group. I mean, we... We did uh, beat Ireland. I'm sorry to remind you of it, Alan, but we did beat Ireland pretty comfortable uh, in November. Right. When we took and off our three holding midfielders, or we, we we decided just to go have a bit of fun, like you know, we don't we don't need the World Cup. We have Six Nations coming up, so <laughs> okay. Listen, I I, I I do think Denmark are, are, are tips to 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 get out of that and up into the A division. You you do deserve it with the quality of players you have. Listen, Casper Dolberg, he's with Ajax, and he's a very, he looks a very special talent from what I've seen. Um, admittedly, it's only like highlights and uh, on YouTube as well. So, is there anyone else like you know who who might be on the plane to Russia but isn't yet? The funny thing is, to like, the answer to that question is actually Gaspar Dolberg because he's not a regular on the national team. He's, 
he's played a few games, but he hasn't really gotten his breakthrough yet. So he, he's not even certain of his spot in, in the national team squad for the World Cup. So we need him to perform very good this spring. Otherwise, um, I'm sure the national team coach would look for someone else because right now he's, he's out in the cold, unfortunately. And finally, one more question before we let you go. You're the editor of the Russian Football News. Why did you decide to set up the site and how have you seen Russian football change since you did? Yeah, actually, I didn't set up the site. It was set up by two Americans. And I just began writing for it and, and took over the responsibility of writing, uh, of writing the site uh, in 2014, I think it was. Um, it's a good question about the changes in Russian football. I think I see two major changes, one a positive, one uh, negative, unfortunately. The positive is I, I finally see Russian football, Russian authorities taking some responsibility and taking some serious issues like hooliganism and racism and stuff like that very seriously. And, and we see some big improvements, which is, of course, great. I mean, the, you, the negative change. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you were there with me, uh, you know, talking. I mean, you, you, you and I were there like, uh, you know, watching Lokomotiv together and so on. So we, we've seen the changes and it's, it is positive. So it, the most important thing is that any, if anyone does want to have a read of something very, very good about Russian football, RussianFootballNews.com, you know, give it a, a look because it is well worth it and you get like a very, very different view of Russian football as well. Tok, thank you very, very much for your time and good luck to Denmark in the World Cup. Yeah, thank you very much, John. Thanks, dude. Take care. Okay, so before we go to the break, we will remind you of that question again. So who won last year's Six Nations Rugby Championship? Was it England, Italy or Ireland? So get texting in, plus 795 or on Viber as well. We have some right answers. Thank uh, Already, Nazar, Nazar, you are, of course, correct. You're in our draw. Uh, so... The song we're going to play out with this segment. This is thank a big thank you to our director who keeps us on the right path, and it's also very apt for right now. I've just spoken to a very good Dane, and I didn't feel the urge to scream upsetness. Although when he said Ireland weren't up to much, I was feeling a bit dodgy. So maybe it's time for me, as the song says, to look forward and be a little bit more happy about being Irish. This is an anthem of a generation and a theme for English football, rediscovering a sense of cool in the nineties. It's from Manchester, but these Irish lads, born in England, are very much from the blue side of the city. So sorry about that, uh, Alexander. So. So this is Oasis and Don't Look Back in Anger. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Легендарная датская мебель Боконце со скидкой до 50%. Долгожданная распродажа началась. Успейте выгодно преобразить ваш интерьер. Подробности в магазинах Боконцепт и на сайте боконцепт.ру With Alan Moore. We are back and this is the, well, usually in rugby they call it like the third half, which is when everyone just goes in and gets, well, has a bit of fun at the end of the game. Uh, before we go further, because we want to talk about tennis in a second, I promised Yekaterina uh, that I would, my erstwhile partner, she's away at the moment, but uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, he has signed for £56 million for Arsenal. Thank you very much, Nazar. You're, going to, you're very, very close to winning a prize in that 2,000 ruble voucher. Uh, of course, just repeat that question. So who won last year's Six Nations in rugby? Was it England, Italy or Ireland? Plus seven, nine, two, five, one, 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 zero, five, three. Let's just say that neither Andy or I were happy last year with who won it. And uh, I know I'm not a fan of Italy as well. I was going to say that Italian in you there, Alan. Yeah, I know the Italian <laughs> in me is like, I'm very, very angry with that. But anyway, um, so yes. So uh, get texting in, get vibring into us and let us know what is going on. And another, of course, that uh, a part of that uh, deal that took Aubameyang from uh, Borussia Dortmund to, uh, well, to Arsenal, Olivia Giroud went in the other way. So, or sorry, was it right the other way? Or no? He said, conf- Chelsea have confirmed. Yeah. yeah, he has signed for 16.25. Excuse me. It's a. Uh, That's. Bat, I was going That's the way. He went away then. He's a. Bebebe liked Michi. There's the Daily Mail's headline for tomorrow. I'm telling you, look, I'm slagging off someone in there. And looks like, Ross, if you're listening to us, Riyad Mahrez, he is looking to move to Man City. So I don't know if he does, then it'll be 65 million into Leicester. So Leicester could splurge out before midnight tonight. And of course, that's UK time, which is in what? The transfer window closed at 1 a.m., is that right? I think it's 11 o'clock GMT tonight. Are you serious? Yeah. I thought it went at 1 a.m. or something in the morning. I think a few, few countries in Europe go to 1 a.m. Ah, okay. Uh, and a couple of countries, I think it's Portugal, goes until the 2nd of February. Oh. And the Russian transfer window has just opened up. Yeah. yeah. Of course, Alex Song, who was uh, released earlier this week by Ruben Kazan, he is now training with Arsenal, so the 30 year old back at his old club, just kind of getting a bit of match practice in, basically. That's, we can say that, yeah. Awesome thing, I might start him next week. He could too. He'd be better most Lazar there. Okay, so. Tennis. Well, last weekend saw the Aussie Open tennis grind to an end with Mr. Evergreen, Roger Federer, defying age and medical science by winning yet another Grand Slam against the, well, ex-doper Marin Cilic of Croatia. Uh, Federer's win will be all the more special when he goes off on his traditional recovery programme. Yeah, recovery program. I did make that right, Andy. Yeah, I said air quotes in that. So his recovery program. In the ladies' event, Caroline Wozniacki she beats Simone Halep. I can't say a bad thing whatsoever about Caroline, or Liverpool fans will be on my back. And furthermore, she did help look after my little boy Tim when he was a tiny baby when we were working at the Kremlin Cup many, many years ago. Now, hopes of some Russian glory they fell short in the women's doubles when Yekaterina Makarova, uh, Makarova and Yelena Vesnina they just didn't have enough in the tank to get over the line against Hungary's Tamia Babush and. Francis Kristina Mladenovic. Now, for the Russian men, it was a decent enough outing, although only Andrei Rublev, he made the third round, where he put up a bit of a fight against the third-seeded Grigor Dimitrov, where he took him to poor sets. Of course, uh, Ekaterina told us about that last week. The channel was changed, but the tune stayed the same. For the Russian women, only Maria Sharapova, the returning uh, diva, she made the third round, where she went into eventual semi-finals. Angelique Kerber, who, of course, Anna Chakvatazi tipped to win the title outright. Now, it's not too bad because between the four best performing Russians, 
between Rublev, Sharapova and the, the doubles pairing of Vesnina and Makarova. They pulled in a neat Australian $660,000. Not a bad start to New Year, right Ollie? Absolutely not. I would <laughs> I would be very happy even for <laughs> 1% out right now. Okay, now we're going to have a look at the uh, Rugby Six Nations, which starts this weekend. Now, while, of course, the match of the weekend is undoubtedly on Sunday at 6 p.m. in 6 p.m. Moscow time, of course, in the Stadio Olimpico in Rome, where home side Italy, they are looking to derail the title ambitions of an all-powerful, all-conquering England team. Of course, they didn't beat Ireland last year, but anyway. Uh, Saturday, okay, Saturday, that sees another couple of matches, which, which may well decide the destination of the championship. At 5.15, Scotland, they venture into enemy territory, where Andy McLean said they haven't won a long, long time. They're taking on Wales in the Principality Stadium. While at 7.45, there is a little showdown in the Stade de France between France and Ireland. Okay, Andy, cards on the table. Your men were fifth in the, are fifth in the world right now. Good coach, Gregor Townsend. Some good informed players. A very good autumn when you kind of just barely fell short against New Zealand. Should have beaten them. And you just beat Australia and New Zealand. Last year's Six Nations, you beat Ireland, Italy and Wales, but just didn't have enough to beat France and we'll forget about the England match. Uh, but surely you guys have to be fighting for a title. Fourth is not good enough this year. I'd take third this year. I think we've, we've got some... T- the, the away games at the Six Nations are key. And uh, yeah, we haven't won for 16 years in Cardiff. Both, both have got injury problems, but um, Wales have got good cover where they have injuries. I think Warburton's out. Uh, Falato and yeah in those key contact areas they've got good cover whereas our our pack been dis- uh, it's been dismantled we're, we're, we're struggling for numbers there our backs are where we're hoping to, to come good Listen we're going to bring it up now we're going to speak with uh, Kilian O'Connor um, very very shortly from ESPN uh, in terms of naturalisation of players now the Scots of course have you know a few Kiwis and so on and so forth okay English lads you know, it's, it's heritage that they're, they're, they're going to play for Scotland because there was always London Scottish London Welsh London Irish and there was that connection but in terms of like you know bringing players in like you do in Ireland for naturalised them calling them project players with no links whatsoever to the country is that the way rugby should be going? I think if these players are willing to take the criticism if they don't play well from um, say I, I think it's Aki the, 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 Aki, yeah, the yeah. guy that's come in for Ireland if, if they can take the criticism saying they're not patriotic, they're not wearing the shirt with pride, then fair enough. If, I, I think if, if they're going to play with passion and they add something to your to your squad, then I don't have a problem with it. So it's worth Okay. Fair enough. Well, listen, we're going on to the phone straight away to ESPN's Killian O'Connor. Uh, he is exiled over in London right now. So, uh, Killian, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Trying to keep my head down until uh, St. Patrick's Day. Listen, <laughs> most of us are doing the same thing as well. Especially here in Moscow, we just sort of like survived this like mega snowfall we had. Uh, okay, Killian, first of all, how's the weather over there? Um, it's a little bit bitter, but uh, not, I imagine, as bitter as Moscow. Yeah, Moscow, Moscow is like slushy, heavy snow. It's terrible. It's like, you know, we were, we were like, it's like kind of, as we said, it's like running on a beach. That's what it's like over here, you know? So, not good, Killian. Um, so, listen, Killian, big weekend of rugby ahead. Uh, which of the yeah, matches, which, which you think is going to uh, decide a championship, if we can sort of be so bold? Um, I, I suppose... Uh, to, to borrow a, a phrase that every single rugby coach will uh, use in the next three days, nothing is ever won on the first weekend, but you can lose it. Um, I suppose, like with the injuries, Wales are gone. Um, France, 
I, I don't think they, they have much of a chance against Ireland to uh, very very inexperienced um, players at halfback that they're probably going to go with. And then we all hope that Italy will finally beat England, but um, the chances of that happening are slim to none. But I suppose um, every, every team wants to start off well. Ireland sometimes start off a little bit, um, if you can say, undercooked. And maybe maybe a lack of maybe maybe complacency knowing that they everyone thinks that they have St. Patrick's Day in London to decide the championship against England. You know, I I can't imagine that after last year um losing two games that they probably thought they would have won handy enough um to begin with. I, I, I doubt that they would have that mindset going in this weekend. Okay, so they're going to try and start fast. And look, with uh, yeah, we we spoke, we made a joke about St Patrick's Day, which of course St Patrick's Day, of course, is uh, March seventeenth. It's on a Saturday this year, and interesting for us here on the eighteenth is the presidential election here in Russia. So you know we could have a dual celebration if all goes well on St Patrick's <laughs> Day in Twickenham. It'll be great for us if another result comes home on Sunday. I won't say for who. Anyway, uh, okay, England are very very strong, and of course Ireland are being bigged up as challenging, not not just by by you, but many. Many people as well. Um, no, it is true. I mean, like, everyone's like, Ireland have a good team. Like, we've beaten the All Blacks. We had a great autumn and so on. But, you know, will it be a Grand Slam showdown on St. Patrick's Day? I, for, for years, I've, I've, I've talked down Ireland. And um, this year, I just, I can't see anything else happening. Um, you know, like, I think, I think it was this week, it was almost laughable that Joe Schmidt was comparing um, the the troubles that England and Wales were having injury wise, with him dealing with injuries to Finley Beelham and Craig <laughs> Gilroy, um, you know, like you, you you take it with a pinch of salt, but it's very hard to to not see it coming down to that game. Um, like Joe Schmidt, from everyone kind of talks about him as this character who leaves nothing to chance and has every little detail marked out and I suppose after last year after losing those two games he has to be a little bit livid and I suppose there's only uh, you know a certain amount of chances that he's going to get to to win maybe you know if not a Grand Slam a a Six Nations Championship again very important Um, Yes, um, I suppose if with the with the players he's got, with the injury luck that he's had, um, fingers crossed that Johnny Sexton doesn't get another bang in the head. Well, that's the thing. That, look, they, that, but that's but the thing. It could come down to that. It is, and that's 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 what it's looking at, like you know, that that uh, France will target him early on as it as it done many times before and try to knock him out of the game. Uh, listen, one thing. Okay, we're not going to talk about doping on the show. Though. We're going to leave that because we we were discussed it last week and the week before. But one hot topic that we just discussed before you came on air, I think you might have heard us, is about nationality and naturalisation. So in Ireland, in our squad, we've got three South Africans and a New Zealander, um, and all the countries in Six Nations have these players brought in from other countries. And you know, the, the question is like, should the home nations should Ireland, should England, should Wales, should Scotland, uh, France and Italy should, and well, of course, let's not talk about New Zealand stealing all the talent and Australia stealing the, the Pacific Islands, uh, robbing them blind. Should our nations be going after these project players or should we just be developing our own players and just, like, you know, come what may? Um, in short, yes. 
um, we should. But I think the the biggest kind of aspect of all this that is being missed out on is that rugby isn't developing. You know, you have all these teams below the the top tier, uh, Fiji, Samoa, and. Uh, and, and the other island team that I've uh, completely lost, lost my mind about. Samoa? Um, Samoa, no? Tonga? Samoa, Fiji and Tonga, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, I think the biggest problem is that those teams haven't improved since rugby went professional. And if you were to put it down to one thing, it would be that um, there's no kind of domestic club game. And... The, the the best players are, for want of a better word, being stolen. Like you can't blame the players for wanting a a, a career and wanting to provide for their families. But True. on the other hand, mm-hmm. it, it it has to be you know it starts with world rugby. If they come out with laws that allow people to just pick and choose um, who is their nationality, it's 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 very. I don't know. It's a slippery slope. If you start doing that, when does it end? Exactly. And now they've they've they pushed it out to five years. Yeah. Past. Two um, more two more years for someone. Yeah. To, to to say. Thank you very much. We do have one more question. Two more actually. Uh, which of the matches are you most looking forward to this year? Apart from the St Patrick's Day showdown. I I'm kind of hoping that Conor Jose will have some mind game up his sleeve for England. And that somehow Italy will will uh, will defeat England and end their chances on the opening day. Okay, that's a good one. Andy, Andy has a question for you as well. So this weekend, who who do you see kicking off with a win? Three three home wins. Um, no, I I, I can't see <laughs> Wales winning. Oh, I, you made us Scotsman oh. very happy here tonight in Moscow. <laughs> If, you, if you're here, years of if you're here with us, we, you, we, you join us in the pub after us for a beer. That, that, thank you so much for that. Okay. I, I was speaking to a Scottish journalist who, who covered them for something like ten years, and he said, you know, it was defeat after defeat after defeat. They're, they're looking good, and with Wales missing half the team, they have to win. Um, as I said before, Ireland have to, like there's no there's no way that uh, a B team from France who, you know, in the most important position, they're 19, 20 or 21. I can't see them just flicking the switch, having played maybe one or two games together and a couple of training sessions. Uh, can't see can't see past Ireland uh, with my little Irish hat on. And d- despite my, my heart telling me England are going to lose, there, there's... It's going to be a cricket sto- cricket score. Um, well, hopefully, Con- well, hopefully, Connor, like our, our own Connor O'Shea, can can pull off something he did last year when he sort of like rewrote the rule book or basically played to the rule book, <laughs> which was absolutely perfect, you know. But even uncontested, uncontested rooks. Uh, listen, Killian, thank you so so much for that. We're we're going to get you on again during the Six Nations, and I I always like following on on ESPN, so uh, we will tweet out your your Twitter handle after this. So, Killian, listen, thank you very very much, and enjoy the weekend. No problem at all. Likewise. Thank you. Okay, so that was Killian O'Connor, who is, uh, I think, I, I think it's, it's not Killer, it's like at Killer something, but I, I think it's at Killer C. Anyway, uh, brilliant preview. So he reckons Ireland are going all the way. What do you reckon? I think England will be too good, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I do think. I think actually England will do the double, the Six Nations and the World Cup. I, 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 I don't think they'll Grand Slam this, this year. No, I, no. I, I think there's four teams that are good enough to, to, to beat each other. On their day. Yeah. 
That's it. That's it. I think I think I think there will be points dropped. I think the championship will be won by England, but no Grand Slam, you're spot on. So listen, so of course, who won last year's Six Nations? We we did our best. We didn't announce it at all during the show. <laughs> so who won the two thousand seventeen Six Nations? Of course it was England. We quite a few right answers. So the winner is Nazar. Nazar, well done. And also just just so we know that uh, Mares is not going to go to Man City because Man City have pulled out a 65 million uh, chase. So I think Ross will be quite happy about that. Uh, who's a Leicester fan, head of the Moscow Fox who's listening in. So, uh, Ollie, yes, are you glad to Alan? be back with us? I'm absolutely ecstatic to be back. I'm, you don't understand. When I came into the studio after I've been ill, I was like, yes, are you I'm like, ready to get back to work. Was that work or with us? Oh, I mean you, obviously. No, <laughs> yeah, no exactly. not work in general. Yeah, exactly. Just, just capital sports. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. So that two thousand uh, ruble voucher for uh, Kato Shays and Mokovoida has been given away, of course, in partnership with our very own um, Capital FM. Guys, it is time for us to go, and Dimitri is going to come in to read news in a few minutes. One big thing is that 30 or 35 Paralympians, para para athletes, will be going to the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, and. 168 now because uh, I think Olga Graf she pulled out of the Olympics she was the uh, uh, speed skater so at least some athletes will be going there representing Russia or at least well not representing Russia but uh, neutral flag neutral flag we all know yeah we know who they are we know who they are we know where they live as well so uh, we are going to go out tonight we're going to kind of like lift our spirits a little bit so it it has been a good show kind of like good comeback for Ollie we're having a bit of fun and uh, yeah I think we we do have to sort of put a bit of emphasis that we're going to go rocking into this snowy night Dean is here he's all ready to roll as well with the news this song, Well Look, is from 2004. Everyone knows about it. Everyone's listened to it. Everyone's either danced to it. It's been played... Oh, it's been just played out the door. Played out the door <laughs> in Croatia non-stop. So, Andy McLean, thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you. Uh, Ollie, thank you so, so much. Thank you very much, Alan. Okay, we're going to play out with... And with here is all next week, of course. We're going to play with the Black Eyed Peas. And let's get it started. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. And the bass keeps running, running, and 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 in this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect from all intellect and let the rhythm affect. Follow your intuition, free your inner soul and break away from tradition. Cause when we be out, girl is pulling me down. You wouldn't believe how we wow shit out. We burn it till it's burned out, turn it till it's turned out. Act up from northwest east side. Everybody, everybody, let's get into it. Get stoned, get started, get started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Control our body and soul. Don't move too fast, people just take it slow. Don't get ahead, just jump into it. Y'all hear about it? The peas will do it. Get started, get stupid. Don't worry about it, people will walk you through it step by step like an infant new kid. Inch by inch with a new solution. Transmit hits with no delusion. The feeling's irresistible and that's how we move in. Everybody, everybody, let's get into it. Get stupid, get started, get started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started.
the deal at the gate and we'll bring the bug dot drill. Just lose your mind, this is the time. Your kiss is still just and bang your spine. Just bob your head like me, Apple D. Up inside your club or in your Bentley. Get messy, loud and sick. Your mind fast, no more on another head trip. So come them now, do not correct it. Let's get ignorant, let's get hectic. Everybody, everybody, let's get into it. Get stoked, get started. 